0: Hello, and welcome to a podcast to my younger self, where I talk about things I wish that I'd known when I was younger, and discuss things that I consider valuable, now that I've learned them. In this episode, I'm going to talk about the importance of travelling, especially travelling with an open mind. All right, let's jump right into it. Uh, This may not exactly be advice to my younger self because I've been very fortunate to travel a lot, uh, not particularly when I was really young, but when I was 18, and since then I've had incredible experiences and opportunities to be able to travel to many different countries. So it doesn't really fit into the podcast title of advice to my younger self however it is still valuable and still advice that I try to take on board myself uh, in my experiences traveling today. So just a quick kind of overview of my experience traveling Uh, and by traveling I don't mean holidays I mean like longer term uh, maybe living somewhere um, or being somewhere for a a considerable period of time more than like your typical two-week holiday so when I was 18 I was fortunate enough to go to Honduras in Central America where I worked as a teacher for a year um, I've then spent two summers in the United States in Boston working at a summer camp I spent my third year of university um, in France and Spain I spent about seven months in France about two and a half three months in Spain and now, for almost the past two years, I've been living in Korea. So, as I say, I'm I'm very lucky and grateful to have had these incredible travel experiences. Um, and I suppose this is why I'm making this podcast, because I've been able to see through my own experiences the importance of traveling and uh, with the importance of traveling with an open mind and the benefits that that's had on me. I don't want to start with the cliché of... I went on a gap year and found myself, which is what most people think of when they think of a British person going on a gap year, but my experiences travelling really made me who I am today. Uh, I wouldn't like to use the cliche, I found myself, but it really did teach me so much and the experiences that I've had have shaped me into who I am today and I'm very happy with who I am today and I believe that a lot of that is down to the travel experiences that I've had. So if we jump into it with the first kind of topic of this episode, which would be like, why why travel in the first place? And this would, this first part would just be more kind of uh, surface-level reasons to travel. Um, when you travel, you have incredible experiences, right? Everyone, everyone I think, knows that and understands that. Um, I've been lucky enough to scuba dive, for example. That's a great experience. I've been lucky enough to climb volcanoes and go swimming in some of the most amazing oceans or rivers on the planet. Um, So yeah, the experiences are a reason why we travel. To see exciting things that we don't normally see in our own country, for example, if you go to some places in Africa and go on a safari, um, go to the south of France, you get to to see different sites. You get to, for example, go to Monaco and see what that's all about. seeing things that you're not used to seeing. And that's another great reason to travel. Um and I guess another more surface level reason to travel is that it's just great fun. You get to to do fun things with the people you're with or alone. Because solo traveling is definitely an incredible experience. Um but those are more surface level reasons to travel. If you ask someone why are you traveling there? Why are you going on holiday to this place? Oh it's for a break, it's for a great experience to see new things and to have fun but a a kind of deeper reason that I see for traveling is that we can learn an incredible amount about a new culture and a new uh, kind of perspective on life and then we can apply that to our own kind of toolkit and toolbox that we carry with us through our lives and that can really change you for the better so if we start talking about how different cultures do things differently, um, to so my upbringing was in the south of England, in a very, um, well, a pretty well-off part of the world, let's say. Um, so different cultures do things differently, and I'm comparing this to what I had when I grew up. So this is pretty specific to my case, but these are examples that I see that contrast the upbringing that I had not only my family but my kind of environment families near me the culture that I grew up in and what I experienced so for example in Korea um, the social side of a meal is almost more important than the actual food so I feel like in the west food is kind of fuel Um, if you look at how people treat their lunch breaks in England, America, Canada, most of Europe. You'll either have a packed lunch or you'll quickly speed out and go to a little restaurant and grab either a sandwich or a meal deal or a salad or, you know, a a burrito or whatever it may be. And you'll probably do this alone and if you do this with your work colleagues, you will it's unlikely that you will sit in a restaurant for a considerable amount of time. Whereas in Korea eating together is an integral part of their society. Um, For example, a question that people ask you in Korea as a way of saying... you know, it's comparable to how we say hello, how are you? They'll say hello, have you eaten? That's how important eating is to them. Um, But it's more in terms of the social side. So if you go out for a a lunch with your work colleagues, you will go and you will sit in a restaurant and you you will sit there, not until you finish the food but more so until you, you're kind of satisfied with the the social side of it. You also go out for meals together in the evenings with your work colleagues, which is a bit different this year because of COVID. Um, but we had a couple of chances to do this in our old school before we moved uh, here to Jeju. Our old school uh, in a city called Guangzhou, we would go out with our fellow teachers and you wouldn't leave when you finish the food, you'd leave when your kind of conversation draws to a close and then you go on to another restaurant to spend more time with the people that you're spending time with. So eating together is much more of a social situation than it is in the West, at least that's how I see it. Um, Another example would be another example of how different cultures do things differently would be in Honduras Um, where I lived when I was 18, 19, people just invite you into their house, either to have a drink, have a snack, hang out with them, and this is something that I, th- that to me is 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 very unusual, uh, because that would never happen in the society that I grew up in. Maybe 50, 60 years ago in the south of England, or in England in general, that would have been um, a more common occurrence, but that doesn't happen now. Where I'm from, and it did. It was extremely common in Honduras. They would invite us as the as the white people, as the Westerners, in, but they'd also invite fellow Hondurans into their house just to just to chill out. So this kind of difference to what I will label as Western culture, which is a very general term, but that's kind of how I see it, and I would say more so, the culture of my upbringing. Let's say uh, this new perspective that is gained from observing these new kind of things in different societies like the importance of eating as a social occasion can then change your own current perspective on things so for me I know that when I go back to the West uh, back home, back either to Canada or America or anywhere else in Europe I know that I'm going to want to place a higher level of importance on eating um, not only to get your fuel but also as a social experience um, so that's one thing that I think is extremely beneficial about traveling is that you, you observe things from a different culture and you can add them to your own repertoire of of things that you see as important or you observe things and think and think, oh that's not something that I want to take on but I observe it and I'll let you um, in your culture continue with that without you know, causing any problems or judging you because I know it's part of your culture So that is definitely a benefit of of travelling, you can learn a lot and apply it to your own situation, and improve or adapt your life, Um, because you're seeing things from so many different corners of the world, and you can effectively pick and choose from, you know, let's say if you've been to ten countries for a significant amount of time, you can pick and choose from ten different cultures, rather than being stuck stuck with the perspective from only your own culture which gives you a much better view, I believe, on, on how you want to live your life and your outlook on the world. And then leading on from that is the importance of not only observing how different cultures do things differently, but it is doing it with an incredibly open mind. And that's vital because it leads us to not be critical of differences, rather we observe them and then think about them in a more objective way. So, for me, observing the kind of importance Koreans place on the social side of eating, if I was a a more closed-minded person, I could come in and just think, oh, well, that's how Koreans do it, that's a bit weird, because in the West we don't do it like that, therefore, I'm not going to add that to my repertoire, and I'm not going to like that, and I'm going to be critical of that. Whereas, if you come in with your open mind and you can observe something, and you can look at it from a more neutral position and think oh actually that is really interesting and reflect on it think about it and think oh that that could be a really good thing for me to add into my life you know when i have kids i can then place a higher level of social uh, of importance on the social side of of mealtime, for example like i say by adding ideas from other cultures to your toolbox you then can improve and adapt your outlook on life which can indeed be very important for future situations for difficult situations you may find yourself in down the road now eating as a social situation or inviting people into your home isn't really a, a difficult or challenging situation that you may find yourself in you know in the future but there are for sure other things that you can learn from different cultures that will be very useful um when you are faced with challenges further down the road. So for example, when uh, when I was in Honduras and this wasn't an experience that I experienced first hand myself, it's stories that I was told by um, a lady we were very close to in Honduras. So there was a really really bad hurricane in Honduras uh, the late 90s, early 2000s I think and this lady told us stories about this hurricane and how different people uh, in the village invited other people whose homes had been washed away uh, into their house to sleep on the sofa or on the floor cooked them meals um, didn't expect anything back from these people who'd lost some things or even if they hadn't lost anything they were still being invited into other people's houses who were fortunate to not not lose anything Um, and this sense of community and pulling together when it gets tough is not something I'd ever experienced in the West, which may be because I'd never been in a kind of hurricane or similar situation but equally I don't think the level of friendliness and openness and willingness to help your neighbor would necessarily be as as great in the West. Now when I say in the West here I am indeed basing this off of my own experience, my childhood and my growing up uh, in England. And of course I do know and recognize that there are so many people in America, Canada, England, in the West who would look out for their neighbors and do great things for people uh, who need support and help. So for me, experiencing that in in Honduras and experiencing that story that this lady told me about what happened when when there was a effectively a life or death situation um, in a way changed my outlook so that if a similar kind of situation happened where I was living Um, I think my first thought would then be to go and help other people and I'm not saying that people in the West or in England wouldn't do that without experiencing what I'd experienced but for me it kind of showed me how important it can be to do that and how valuable that can be not only for the other people but also for yourself Um, so that is a way that I think that travelling with an open mind and listening to stories and, and, and taking them on board can lead you, or has indeed led me, uh, to have something in my back pocket for if a situation like that happened, I'd then be more willing to go out of my way to help other people because I've had an experience, or at least I've been told of an experience, a very real experience, um, that would be similar. So to add to that, um, the idea of travel and experiencing things from different cultures can indeed change more um, things that are kind of very real, like what I've explained about how the importance of social time while eating will be very important in my life, um, after experiencing that in Korea, but it can also impact your mindset and the the thoughts that you have based on situations so things that aren't necessarily visible like it would be if I was to help people if they were in a hurricane for example um, from that story from Honduras or or like meal times in Korea uh, it can change your mindset because you observe certain things if you observe um, for example when I was in Honduras there, there was quite high levels of poverty in certain places and I think ...that that kind of flipped my mindset to be completely anti-materialistic, if that's even a term. So they would play uh, football or soccer with a water bottle on the street... ...and every time a car would come they would just get off the road and then go back on the road to play again. And they didn't have mobile phones, there wasn't really internet connection. But to see the joy in those kids' faces... um, ...compared to the lack of joy in kids' faces in England who have the latest iPhone who can play on their Xbox, who can do all these supposedly amazing things with the kind of gadgets and technology that we have, that kind of flipped my mindset to realize what actually does make you happy and it's not the technology, it's not the the phones, it's not the latest this, that or the other, it's being with people, being outside, doing things that you really love and can take happiness from. And I suppose that's an example of how traveling and traveling especially with an open mind to observe things and be willing to learn can flip how you see things and then have a significant impact because nowadays I'm I mean if you just ask either my girlfriend or anyone I know I'm probably the least materialistic person you can see every day I just wear jeans and a t-shirt I don't have you know the latest phone my phone's probably six seven years old Um, I don't want for anything every year when it's my birthday there's always trouble about what to buy me because I'm just not materialistic and I think that came from experiences such as the one I've just explained uh, people being so so happy and you can see it in their faces from having so little so how can I not approach life with a level of happiness and enthusiasm when when I have on paper a lot more than them and I'm more more fortunate than them so I guess that's an example of how it can flip your mindset and and I'm sure there's numerous stories of other people experiencing similar situations and it having a real impact on them um, in how they see the world so we can obviously learn so much from many cultures and it's, and it's vital to, to learn things from other cultures and, and take things on board from, from, from cultures and communities other than your own it's enriching, it shows alternatives to what you know and it can sometimes often show you a better way if indeed you are willing to learn and that's crucially important if you're not willing to learn then travelling is not going to be as enriching as if you are willing to learn and take things on board so the willingness to learn is very important Um, so that's most of my thoughts and and personal stories on that Um, my kind of piece of advice to young people for this episode, advice to my to my younger self or my even younger self than than 18 years old when I started to travel would be just travel while you can while you're young enough before you um, settle down and I don't know get married, have kids or whatever travel while you can because it's very very important um, because in this way you can observe things, take things in add them to your repertoire as i said and that will improve you on a you know to a degree that is unimaginable if you've never done it. Now, to me, I believe that if I hadn't had the opportunities to travel to all the places I have, I'd be completely different to the person I am today, in a much more kind of closed minded way. I think it's also crucial to be willing to learn new things. Um, not, But not only to learn new things, but also to learn why things are done in a certain way, so therefore you can make up your own mind on them. So things like, like what I've said about stories about Honduras and Korea that I've said so far, um, I've been willing to learn them and therefore add them to my repertoire. But then there's other things that I can be quite critical of, um, because I understand why they're done in a certain way. You know, for example, in Korea, there's a big, a big part of their society is on is based upon the idea of Confucianism and the the part that I will refer to here is about respecting your elders you, you are more or less forced is too strong of a word but you pretty much have to based on the society if you're Korean and then partially as a foreigner you have to respect people because they're older than you more or less you know if they're a good person or not a good person if they're older than you then they kind of have a lot of authority over you and in the in the West we respect our elders, I get that. But I'm not gonna go around throwing respect out left, right, and centre. For people who haven't earned my respect. That's how I see it in the West. Whereas here it's very different to that. Um but so in my life I I would tend to disagree with the Korean idea of showing respect to people older than you. If they haven't earned my respect. If they've earned my respect and I've earned theirs, then that's that's brilliant. I'm more than happy to give them as much respect as, as I can. Um, but I understand why that is a thing in Korea, and I understand why Koreans do that, so I can't be too critical of the reasons for its existence because I know that historically it exists and they kind of they, that is the way it is. Um, for me to take that back to my life in the West, that's probably not going to be something that I'll do because I prefer to, I find more value in respecting people for who they are, you know, I would, I'd much rather respect a, a 15 year old who's done incredible things in their life, than to respect a 75 year old person who's done horrible things, but because they're older than me, then should I respect them or should I not? Um, so I guess that's an, an a thing you can kind of take on board and things that you wouldn't add to your repertoire but then you're kind of doing that with a with a certain level of judgement and you're not completely disregarding those ideas from the culture in which they are important because they are important in this culture and it would be very disrespectful and wrong of me to be like oh you Korean person over there you shouldn't respect that Korean person just because I don't think you should so yeah, it's not, always, it's not always that you're going to see things and think, oh, that's great, I want to add that to, to myself. You can also see things and think, I understand why they do that, but I'm not going to be taking that back home when I go. Um, and I guess I would I would close by, I think, the most important thing that I would like to share or that I would tell to my younger self or other young people, or indeed anyone listening, um, is that travelling in this way with an open mind and trying to learn as much as you can you really do add valuable things to your own collection and then you're able to use them in a way to benefit yourself and those around you Um, those who maybe have had the chance to travel or those who maybe haven't and that's a really really great thing when you can do that and kind of enrich other people's lives through experiences that you've had Um, I guess that's pretty much where I'm going to leave it for today I feel like I've maybe rambled on a little bit Uh, So thank you very much to anyone out there who's listening. Um, As I said in the last episode, I've created a Twitter account for this podcast. Um, So if you want, you can go and check that out at uh, younger underscore self pod. And that's on Twitter. Um, That's the only social media that this this podcast is on at the moment. I'm still trying to work out the best way to um, kind of do that side of this thing as it's still a very new thing for me. Um, but I hope anyone out there who's listening has enjoyed this I certainly enjoy making these podcasts so I'm going to continue to do so even if I only have one listener so I guess that's going to be it and then I'll catch you next time